Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime, a little less rage this episode. I've been trying to, to work through my anger issues about this case with very little success. So, <laughs> I mean, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. That was, I have to say, I think this one, honestly, like it was probably the worst one for me. Yeah. Well, so when I was choosing my case for today, I actually had a really hard time choosing. I had a list of like four or five cases, and it it was actually six at one point, and then I gave you one. (laughs) And so I was trying to... This is when I realized that a lot of my cases are very similar. Mm -hmm. They are either dying children rapes like brutal rapes and tortures which i got to take over with our last episode and i feel like that's mainly what i've covered Mm -hmm. and so i tried to make a conscious decision (laughs) to change it up a little bit okay i didn't (laughs) so (laughs) and failed miserably i did because and brought me on the bandwagon i couldn't decide what to do so I asked my mom I gave her very vague details I told her this is what year it's from this is the amount of victims this is what makes them special okay and before I really dove deep into this case I didn't know it wasn't gonna be different than the rest (laughs) of my cases so when she had given me a suggestion and then one other person I asked gave me the same thing. I was like, all right, this is it. And then I got into it. And I was like, well, that failed. Okay. So we are going to talk about Eugene Victor Britt. Okay. We don't really know much of anything about his early life or childhood. We know that he was born on November 4th, 1957. And that's about it. We don't have a location. We don't know anything about his family. There isn't anything else. This man does not even have a Wikipedia page on him. So he's kind of off the grid a little bit. Yes. It makes me wonder. I mean, no birth certificate? No. Not that I could find. Okay. Now, the next information we have on him, he is 38 years old. Okay. Living in a homeless shelter in Indiana. So on November 7th, 1995... He was arrested for the rape and murder of eight-year-old Sarah (gasps) Paulson in Portage, Indiana. Now, he ended up pleading guilty to this and was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Good. Now, that's not the end of his story. Of course not. Because that would never is. It would make for a very short and uninteresting (laughs) episode. We'd be like, all right, three minutes, we're done. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Now, when he was arrested in 1995... He ended up confessing to killing six other girls. Oh, my God. Whose bodies had been found in the Gary, Indiana area. Okay, so they had, they knew there was somebody killing? They were all, it all happened in 95, just within a couple of months. Oh, wow. Now, had the police already linked these other deaths? Like, did they know? Oh, God. So when he was arrested for Sarah Paulson, he confessed to the, the investigators, like, I killed these other girls. So, it took, you know how I feel about lengthy, lengthy trials. It took 11 years 
for him to have been put on trial for the rest of the killings. Why? He confessed. (laughs) Oh boy. There's a story. Go on. So, 11 years drives me bonkers. Oh, so he killed six other girls. Right. And also raped a 13-year-old girl, but he didn't kill her. He left her alive, which is how they found him. Okay. So, in court, early October of 2006, so 11 years after he was sentenced to life without parole for Sarah Paulson, Deputy Prosecutor John J. Burke read details of each of his crimes that he confessed to. He is now, in 2006, he was 48. He apparently shook and cried as he sat in his wheelchair which him being in a wheelchair was result of a botched suicide from 11 years prior all right he threw himself in front of a train to try to kill him kill himself okay because he said he regretted his crimes now the prosecutor also said that eugene told investigators in 1995 about watching a young girl who was later identified as Nikita Moore. He watched her walk by an abandoned house. He grabbed her, put his hand over her mouth, dragged her to an empty lot where he raped her twice. Oh, God. Eugene told detectives, quote, she looked so innocent. She begged for her life. She said she wouldn't tell nobody nothing. She said, I just want to go home. He then strangled her. How old was she? So, she was 14 years old. Okay. Now... And I only ask because he obviously seems to have some, you know, he's a pedophile rapist. Yeah. Now, on May 2nd, 1995, Eugene was riding his bike to work at Hardee's when he saw a woman later identified as Maxine Walker, who was 41 years old. Okay. He saw her walking on Martin Luther King Drive. He decided to ditch his bike, ask her where she was going. She told him she was on her way to vote. He grabbed her by the neck so she, quote, wouldn't scream, forced her into the weeds, and held her down until cars had driven past, and then dragged her further into the woods, raped her twice, strangled her, and then raped her again. So he's just so brazen here. Do you know what I mean? Like you're doing this where there's all of these cars. It's not even a secluded area. Yes. And it's very, he's a very opportunistic killer. Then on July 18th, 1995, Tanya Dunlap's mother, who Tanya was 24. All right. Her mother dropped her off at the Lake Station Courthouse for a hearing and never saw her again. Eugene said that he was coming home from work on his bike when he saw a woman walking by Walgreens on Highway 20. He said the woman later identified as Tanya Dunlap flagged him down. He said that she wanted something to smoke and he, quote, always kept weed on him. He talked her into going with him behind a building on Melton Road, but she started to freak. And in his confession, he said, quote, I picked her up and threw her into the weeds. I picked her up by the neck and carried her further into the weeds. 
I realized I could have killed her the way I was carrying her, so I let her down a little bit so her feet could touch the ground. I told her, you've got to be quiet. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. Then he raped her three times and strangled her. (sighs) On May 9th of 1995... He saw a girl walking on Clay Street. He grabbed her from behind, threw her down. When she screamed, he choked her until she lost consciousness. So is he a big guy? So, Or is he just targeting really, really tiny people? Because, do you know what I mean? It takes yeah. a lot of strength to do what he's doing. Yeah. This is and just horrifying. In some of the sources that I read the investigators and some of the prosecutors and the people who were involved in the trials when they would go to talk to him even shackled said that he was terrifying okay yeah i mean this is just a very animalistic brute strength there's oh god okay she's showing me a picture and which he you guys does, will also yes see. he does look awful yes so he choked her until she lost consciousness. She oh, was 13. God. So, I mean, and these are a lot of these victims are very young, so yes. they're going to be small. Now, after raping her, he made her pull her shirt up over her head. He went through her purse. The girl thought that he had gotten her address book. He told her he saw pictures that she had in her purse. And the girl told detectives that her attacker had told her he remembered faces. And if he heard anything on the news about the rape, he'd kill her. So he told her to count to 50. And he walked off along Interstate 8094. See, and this is the other thing, too, though. Never, I don't, you always, I I always found myself wondering why does he you know so why does he allow her to live and none of the others right yeah why couldn't you just let them all live for fuck's sake yeah you know i mean why do you have to do these horrific things yeah now she went home and did not listen to him because she went home she told her mom what happened her mom took her to the hospital good for her and they were able to get his dna oh good for her and i mean 13 she had to been scared out of her mind that is That's a superhero right there. Right. It does get a little confusing here. Okay. Because some places it said that Eugene ultimately gets sentenced to his life in prison Mm -hmm. plus a consecutive hundred years. All right. Other places say that he was given a total of 245 years in prison. Okay. Now, this pissed me off. (laughs) He confessed to killing six more women. Right. And the rape of the The eight-year-old girl. Well, the rape and murder of the eight-year-old. Six more and the rape of the 13-year-old who lived. He was only convicted of three of the six murders. How and why? I don't know because he confessed. Although, although, I mean, just time out for a moment. We do know there are a lot of false confessions that happen. Yeah. And it does seem like just a confession. There does have to be some mitigating evidence. They did find the bodies of all of these girls. Right. But did they find anything that could tie him to it? Do you You know what I'm saying? You would think they'd be able to get his DNA. Because we know that he, or he claims that he raped and murdered all of these girls. Except for the 13-year-old who they were able to get his DNA from. But again, you know, 
how old were the bodies when they were found? Well, it was all within the same year. Did he use condoms sometimes? I mean, that'd be weird. I know, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just <laughs> yeah. hypothesizing here, so. So, that he only got charged with, convicted of three of the murders and the rape of the 13-year-old okay. girl on top of his already convicted murder and rape of the eight-year-old Sarah Paulson. He would have gotten the death penalty because this is a lot going right. on. But he was found to be, quote, mentally retarded. Not, he was found mentally suitable to stand trial. trial. But, but his IQ is low enough that he's yes. considered learning disabled. Yes. And so he apparently had been tested in a previous year with an IQ of 60. Okay. And I think the average is like 80. Close. I, I, I want to say something like that. 70. Okay. Anything below 70. His IQ was 60 and anything below 70 is deemed retardation. Okay. Although I guess that term's not used anymore. But yeah. Yeah. This was in 2006, guys. Okay. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why he didn't get the death penalty. They did talk a lot about it, and they did a lot of the prosecutors and such did want him to get okay. the death penalty, right. but they they wouldn't do it. Right. It's deemed cruel and unusual punishment for somebody, of his IQ. right? And you know, and here's the thing. So this is where again, things get so infuriating, right? So you, we know that there is real mental illness. There are real issues like this in this country regardless do you know what i'm saying yeah I, for something like this i don't know that i care what your iq was yeah he is a predator this is not something that he gets into a situation where he's frightened and then he can't control his mm -hmm. his reactions to something happening around him this is somebody who is going out and seeking victims and hunting them like an animal would hunt its prey. That's somebody, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I have such conflicted feelings about the death penalty anyway. But for certain, he should never be allowed to be on the streets, ever. Yeah. And I mean, so he... And he has the wherewithal to carry these things out. Yeah. So, ugh, more rage. Now... There was also a lot of talk about him faking it. He okay. was faking being mentally ill. Okay. But that's when they brought in the... Or learning disabled. Like mm -hmm. faking his low result on his IQ like test. Like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He fakes yes. it to get out of jail. But either way, the only thing that that would have... that it, it did save him from whether or not he was faking it. It wasn't going to save him from jail. True. It was only going to save him from the death penalty. Either way, they weren't they, they weren't like oh if he's mentally unstable right. or he's quote they're not going to let him go they're, he's, well, they're, they're not, just not going to kill him and they're not even like going to put him in a mental hospital right. he was still going to jail prison. regardless yeah to prison it was just it whether or not they were going to kill him or not yeah. during his trial at in court he says quote I'm just sorry. I'm truly sorry for my sins, and I take full responsibility for my actions. Ain't nobody but myself. God knows I'm guilty. God knows I'm guilty. And then he went on into 
about 15 minutes of a rambling speech about how people in jail were, quote, playing games on him, messing with his food and punishing him. So in other words, a big self-pity rant. Like, I'm sorry I did this, but now let me tell you about why my life is so sad and pathetic. Yes. And nobody needs to hear that. We don't care. You deserve everything you get. And we all know, well, most of us know, that especially child molesters. Right. Do not have an easy time in prison. They do not have an easy time in prison because most people don't fuck with that. Yeah. Right. Even like even when you don't have morals and are killing people. Mm-hmm. Just like our KKK are... episode last time, yeah. you have people who are amoral in so many avenues of their life, but they may have this one avenue where they actually show some sort of morality. Yeah, and that's that's how it is in most places. Mm-hmm. Is And it's mostly child molesters. Mm-hmm. They do not do well in prison. Right. Because that is something people don't put up with. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, made a kill, I may have killed somebody, but you... Touched, raped, and killed a child? No. So I believe that this was happening Mm -hmm. to him, and I also believe that it was deserved. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I'm not sorry. (laughs) He, at times during his speech, his rambling Mm -hmm. speech, his his voice would rise and he'd be yelling in court over God knows what. He's just rambling at this point. And... He said, I don't listen to those evil voices when they talk to me all the time. Which that, things like that that he was saying is probably what made people think that he was faking it. Right. But then you've got the low IQ. So, I mean, like, it's it's kind of a toss up. And not knowing much about his childhood also makes it hard to know. Because I feel like if you've got, if you're not going to school as a kid, mm-hmm. you he was homeless at this at that right. point in his life, so God knows what his childhood looked like. And if he didn't go to school, if anything like that had happened, you're going to have a low IQ. You don't know anything. You were never taught things like that. So we don't know. I don't know. We it's, don't know what caused this. But anyway. Yeah, it's, and like I said, at, you know, at, by this stage of his life, the facts are that he is a violent sexual predator who needs to be locked up yeah so so what happens he's still in jail he's still in prison to this day serving his time good not dead yet i'm surprised nobody's killed him let's be honest and he's never been convicted of these other three murders to which he has confessed wow they just let him be didn't which there has to be some there has to be more to it because of the fact that I don't think the families of these other three Mm -hmm. would stand for it like they probably would put I wouldn't I know if it were me if I were a family member of something that this happened to I would put up a hell of a fight you want to know because he confessed to it so why aren't you convicting him of it but again I would say that we do know that there are a lot of false confessions out there. There was this one guy, and I wish I could remember his name, and I can't, but he was a convicted serial killer. They knew he had killed a lot of people, and then he started getting to this thing where he just kept claiming all of these other victims. Yeah. And when they started to investigate those, it was very clear that he was lying. He was yeah. just trying to up his numbers. Do you know what I mean? And it became yeah. like bragging rights sort of a thing. And I know there's some. There's a great documentary out there about 
false confessions where for whatever reason, you know, people do confess to things that they didn't do. And there's a lot of reasons and psychology that goes into that. Um, It's not all, sometimes it's, you know, police malfeasance where they just browbeat people into it. But sometimes there's a lot of psychological disorders that cause people to do this. The quest for attention, you know what I, maybe he's just trying to up his numbers. Um, So I don't know, like there's a lot, I'm sure behind the scenes there that we don't know. And like I said, I know that even with a confession, because we know about the, these other cases, they do try to make sure there's evidence there. So yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. This, this was a bad week. It was, I, you know, I tried, I tried to change it up a little bit and it just didn't work. No. And my, our next, my next episode isn't gonna. Be, <laughs> is it gonna be any better? <laughs> no, I tried. Yes. So let's see. Next week we are heading to the state of New York. Ooh, New York, New York. Yes. So exciting! Yes, it's it's gonna be a. Oh really my good gosh! One. Okay, so thank you for listening. Go follow us. follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We do have a discussion group on Facebook. Make sure you join that. Comment. There's a lot here that we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on so thanks for joining talk to you next week